I... I am sorry for what happened to you. But you have no idea what it's like to be me. To live in fear every day. Spend every minute hiding what you are. Wait. Girl, perhaps I can help you. What can you possibly do? Come back, and I will teach you how to control it. Welcome to League of Lore, a podcast about the lore of League of Legends and other properties set in the Runeterran universe. I'm your host Jacob, or Skullhead Soldiers, and let's begin. Now, today we're going to be covering the Mage Rebellion. It is the most recent, uh, except for the Ruination, event in Demacia's history. It is also probably one of the most important events in all of Demacia's history in terms of the current storyline. It completely changes up everything in there. Uh, so, just so you understand, the major rebellion, how the whole event starts is with, uh, with the champion Lux, uh, Luxana Crownguard. We've talked to her about her a little bit uh, with the events happening in the town haunted by Nocturne. Uh, but Lux, like I mentioned, is a mage. Specifically, she is a light mage. And her power is growing over time, and she is finding it harder and harder to hide the fact that she is a mage. Well, as she's trying to figure out ways uh, to hide or suppress her magic in some way, she tries to go into a prison... Uh, controlled by the Mage Seekers. Now, it's not the prison at first she's going to, it just turns out the prison is also there. She's originally going there for the library, that uh, where all, they keep all these uh, confiscated uh, books about magic. But when she's there, she learns about this underground prison, and she decides to investigate. As she's investigating it, she eventually is able to find out about the man Silas. Uh, she's heard about Silas before. Silas is kind of an infamous figure in Demacia. And she decides, after a bit of a spooky start to his her first encounter with him in the cell, she eventually decides to go back and continue speaking with him. It is during these talks that she begins to learn more about Silas and just mages in general and how they're treated by the mage seekers and society as a whole. In fact, uh, Silas is kind of infamous for being known as the deadliest mage in all of Demacia. But when uh, Silas decides to tell Lux about how he ended up in prison, at a, especially a young age, I think he was like 15 or so, he, well, he killed like three people, but how it's the Demacians seem to describe it, at least when they're talking to Lux, to make it sound like this massive massacre. But he did kill three people, two of which were mage seekers, one of which was a fellow mage, and all three were an accident. He was trying to protect this mage from these mage seekers after originally working for them. He uh, has this ability to see magic, and so he would help the mage seekers uh, find mages by seeing when they had magic on them. And But eventually he finally was had enough of helping them arrest and imprison his fellow mages. 
And so he tried to protect her, in the process realizing that he could harness her magic. But in the resultant usage of magic, he lost control and killed his two uh, mage seeker retainers, as well as hit the fellow mage he was trying to save. And then they imprisoned him for the rest of his life. Yeah, over an accidental triple homicide, which, while terrible and not great, obviously, but it's in a permanent imprisonment when he was like a teen, he was only like 15 at the most, maybe, it feels a bit, um, a bit unjust, even these, just to be calling him the most dangerous mage of all of Demacia is already a little, feels a little hyperbolic, and it feels like they're just using him as a scapegoat for all mages. Well, it's through these talks between Lux and Silas that eventually they begin to develop a rapport. And Silas, after teaching Lux some ways to help her control her magic, asks for a favor in the form of uh, a book, no, book, a scroll uh, based on Durand, the creator of Galio. And if you remember, Durand was really good at usage of petrocytes. Well, Silas was chained up with petrocyte gauntlets and chains to suppress his magic. So, when he asks her to, to bring him the documents from, uh, from Duran that talks about how petrocyte works, he discovers the, the trait of petrocyte, which is that it absorbs magic instead of repressing it that other Demacians think it does. Well, as he learns this, he realizes that he can, in fact, still use the magic of other mages, he just has to pull it out of his magic-absorbing gauntlets that he's imprisoned with. Well, Lux is found out uh, that she has been giving documents and books, uh, especially the Duran one, which was restricted, to Silas, and so she is basically put on temporary house arrest and a bunch of other stuff, and Silas is sentenced to be executed for... I guess, fraternizing with the Crown Guard, because the Crown Guards are really big on their namesake and looking upstanding in society. And so they're like, get, just kill Silas and get rid of him. Well, as Silas is about to be executed, Lux finds a way to get to where he's going to get his head chopped off and tries to give an impassioned plea to uh, let Silas go, like to say that he has been treated unjustly and that he should be spared just because of her mistakes. She shouldn't, be, he shouldn't mean that he gets killed. And it doesn't work. The It doesn't work. The Illuminator, or I think it's actually a Mage Seeker, uh, in charge of the execution is like, nah, we're still going to kill him. And that's when Lux goes to Silas. is just like, I am so sorry this is happening, and touches him. Well, that's when Silas says, in my opinion, one of the most infamous lines in the comic, which is, uh, no thank you, Little Light, and, or I am sorry, Little Light, something along those lines, and uses her magic to break out of his bindings and basically kill a bunch of people and injure even more. And he uses that to escape. Uh, he does have a brief fight with Garen, I believe, but he's able to use the magic that is stored in Garen's own sword because it is a petrocyte weapon, to uh, fight him off and escape, and even severely injure Garen. And that is when he frees all the mages in the Mage Seeker prison, and they go out and begin to attack uh, all the Demacians, especially trying to find nobles. 
They then begin to charge towards the main keep in the Great City of Damasi, which is all this is located at, where the king is, to kill him. They want to kill the king because Silas especially views him as primarily responsible for the treatment of the mages because he's the king. With, with a snap of his fingers and a word, he could potentially stop the mistreatment of mages, but he has done nothing about that and has let the mages run rampant. And so Silas holds him responsible for that and so leads the mages on an assault of the keep. Well, when they get there, they find out the king is already dead. Uh, no one knows how he died. He's just already dead. There's some theories that could have been LeBlanc, a character from Noxus who was responsible, but so far no one knows who killed Jarvan, uh, Jarvan III. But Prince Jarvan IV is still there, and Silas has already captured him after a brief scuffle. Uh, and he decides, well, if we can't kill the king, we'll at least kill the prince as a consolation prize. And so they go off to execute Jarvan IV. And it's uh, not great that that's happening, uh, but a now de uh, depowered, a magicless Lux, she drank a petrocyte potion to uh, seal her magic temporarily, uh, shows up and shoots Silas with a crossbow, not allowing him to use any of her magic, and it forces Silas to retreat after the arrival of more reinforcements, and the mages flee the great city of Damasia and flee into the wilderness. After this, Jarvan, out of anger that his father is dead, and for some reason he thinks Silas is responsible, even though there is literally no evidence Silas killed his dad, even Silas was like, who killed the king? And no one said, we did it, so I'm not sure why he's thinking that. I guess it's grief, and he's just angry that Silas tried to kill him. But he decides to implement really harsh crackdowns on the remaining mages in Damasia, basically sentencing them to, to just mass death, to just kill them all, or in some way get rid of them out of the kingdom. Basically, giving the mage seekers absolute freedom to do whatever they want to do with these poor mages. And it's just kind of crazy. Like, basically, he says, go genocide the mages in a very real way. Uh, Garen tries to uh, talk him down a little bit, but it doesn't succeed. And eventually, Lux, seeing this horrendous treatment of the mages, like, even worse than it was before, tries to help mages flee the great city of Damasia and flee Damasia in general. Garen finds her out. But uh, he, in the end, lets Lux free the mage, like help the mages get out, because he still loves his sister. And in some, it's implied that in some part of Garen, he agrees with her that Jarvan is going too far. And outside of all of this, Silas, after recruiting some more mages out in the wilderness and doing some other things, uh, eventually leads his rebel mages up into the north into the Freljord. And now he's attempting to achieve an alliance with the Winter's Claw, one of the biggest factions in the Freljord, in, uh, in, uh, to fight off Demacia, basically. He's going up to get allies to eventually return and potentially conquer all of Demacia. And that's like the main, the main events of the Mage Rebellion. Silas is frees himself with, the, with unintentional help from Lux. He fights off, he kills a bunch of people. He tries to kill the king, king's already dead, he didn't try to kill the prince, doesn't succeed, flees into the wilderness, and now he's off in the Freljord. And now, all the remaining mages who aren't part of this rebellion are now being persecuted even more harshly, even just straight up killed, just because of who they are. 
And it's a really crazy just upheaval in Demacia. And it's still going on to this day. They're still mages fighting back. There's still rebel factions all over the place. Demacia is just straight up in turmoil. And who knows how long it will take for either Silas to return with the Winter's Claw at his back, or for Garen to go off and find Silas off of the directions of Jarvan. We'll just have to wait and see. But now that we've talked about the general summary of the events of the Major Rebellion, uh, we're going to get into some of the storytelling themes that happened in this, that are kind of, some pretty obvious, some a bit less so, as well as the unintentional uh, pitfalls that Riot kind of fell into when doing this event, and how it could have been a little bit better. But uh, before we get on to that, we'll take a quick break. Hello, this is Charlie Transmutation coming to you with another PSA announcement. No, Charlie, this is a commercial. What? Crap. Nobody told me that. What are you supposed to do in this thing anyway? Well, Charlie, I'm glad you asked. This is the part where we introduce our new homebrew 5e D&D podcast, The Fumbling Four and the Almighty Crit, where we explore the homebrew world of Altaris using homebrew rules and homebrew material from the Dungeon Master's Guild. Eh, sounds boring. I'm out of here. See you later, Charlie. We hope to have you guys come check us out soon. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to help spread the show or simply get more content, you can follow the official Twitter at League of Lore 2 for updates on the podcast and other lore tidbits, as well as a rate or follow the podcast on your podcatcher of choice. You can also follow my Twitch account, twitch.tv soldiers where I stream myself playing League of Legends and other games and discuss the lore and gameplay of those properties. I just also want to say, uh, I recently saw that we are ne- nearly a-, a thousand downloads on this podcast, and I'm just so thrilled by this new by this news. Like, thank you all so much for coming in and listening to the show and giving your support in whatever way you wish. I've been seeing more a bit more talking in the Discord, uh, on the Rainbow's Radio Network, and I just really, really appreciate that. Just continue coming in, ask those questions, and I'll do my best to answer those, and just continue showing your support. It really helps me just feel motivated to continue the show and keep just spreading this really interesting and fascinating setting of Terra. And with that, let's get back to the show. Now, like I said, the events of the Major Rebellion have some pretty strong themes going on in other storytelling events and tropes and other just general uh, themings and tones and just meanings in general. You can analyze the Major Rebellion story in a lot of different ways and what it's talking about and what it means. But probably the most prominent message of the Major Rebellion as a story is what it represents. It represents what happens when you have an oppressed people that have no avenue to address their oppression in terms of peaceful like in peaceful ways. Like these mages had no way they had no recourse to like protest um or fight back in more peaceful ways, like sit-ins or anything anything that you can think of in, in uh in historical civil rights movements in peaceful protests that worked in the past, they do not apply here because they have no way to achieve those. If they even tried to protest, they would just get immediately arrested by the mage seekers, fed petrocyte potions to strip them of their magic, and be imprisoned or exiled. They have no way to fight back peacefully. And when that happens, 
when you get a situation where there is no option for a peaceful resolution, violence begins to become the only remaining option. And that's what happened. A violent revolution, a violent revolt. That's the Mage Rebellion. That's why it's called the Mage Rebellion. These people had no other option. They had to kind of fight back in a very volatile and violent way. Now, should they have been killing just about anyone that, that got on their way? No. However, most of the people that got on their way were um, other soldiers and guards and people who were responsible for imprisoning them in the first place. So, it's kind of questionable, like, did it actually hurt anyone beyond the people that were already oppressing and hurting them? It's, that's a bit up in the air. The, the comic doesn't really show too much violence outside of the people who are attacking them. and Or who they are attacking because they are in their way and not letting them do what they need to do. In terms of fighting back. Now, that's really fascinating. I really, really liked about the Major Bell, and that really is a good example of when violent revolution is inevitable. It, uh, it has some slight problems, though. Uh, one of the main ones is Silas himself. Silas is a character that I actually really, really like. I think he's a very fascinating character and an interesting study on what happens when you scapegoat someone just for just for just for, because of something that they are and something out of their control, like what happened with uh, the three deaths that occurred because his magic was un was released in a um, a very amateur way because he had never really used his magic before. But in the story, he is the leader of this movement of mages rising up, and like violent or not, this is a civil rights-based re revolution. This is a civil rights event, and having the leader of that movement, like despite how violent it was, is not great because. Having been the villain, like, it's, the problem with it is that he is the only one really, like, speaking out for the mages and fighting back in any way, and he's the villain of the story. It's arguable that Demacia is also, in a way, a, a like, a nebulous kind of villain in the story, as this big oppressive force on the mages, but in the framing of the story itself, Silas is literally... His first introduction, he looks spooky and creepy, like a villain. And due to things he says later on, and how he's even drawn certain angles, he looks pretty villainous. So it's kind of hard to buy that, oh, Silas is just this, rep this representative of the Major Rebellion, when you're saying he's also the villain of the Major Rebellion. You know, it's an event that was caused by violent oppression of a marginalized people it's there are some problems with having that be the representation of a civil rights based revolution so it's a bit it's a bit iffy on that another one this is more from my personal perspective i could be completely wrong about this but throughout the the story uh silas especially calls the nobles and especially the king pig or swine and while that is a historically well-known a term used in like the french revolution and other uh revolts to describe the aristocracy that have been 
harming them and oppressing them for decades or generations in how it's kind of how it's phrased and from what i could tell in the story it could unintentionally tie what size is saying to like anti-police rhetoric in the modern in uh, current uh, day events and yeah it's just it's just a bit iffy for me now it could it could be nothing it could it could just be a callback to historical events where pe- well the people are well known for calling the aristocracy pigs and swine it just feels like just just due to current events and events in the past few years uh that it could unintentionally make be tying silas who once again i said is framed as the villain in the major rebellion to anti-police movements whether they are violent or not and that is not a great message necessarily to send it's just an interesting thing and like i said i could, could be completely wrong but it's just something to consider but outside of those general critiques of the story as well as what the story is talking about this event is really important and it's i'm really happy that this event happened because the major rebellion is the most important event in Rontero's overall story since the Burning Tides event in Bilgewater because it substantially shifted the internal politics of one of the regions, in this case, Demacia. Burning Tides did it for Bilgewater, and now the Major Rebellion is doing a similar thing, but in Demacia. And it's just really cool to see another region get such a big shift in its internal structure and internal events and standing in the world. And I would love to see more regions get these massive internal shifts. Like in Shirima right now, we have the, the return of the Shirima Empire. I would love to see more developments along those lines and see, like, what is that really doing to that region? We don't know right now. Right now, it's kind of in stasis. And similar in other regions like Ionia or Noxus or the Freljord, especially, it's... I would just want to see some furtherance of these storylines outside of just like a catch up. Outside of just like, oh, these people are allying with blah, 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 or this or that. Like, let's get some actual big events. Let's get another comic or a big short story or a cinematic where we see um, Ash and Sidwani have this big battle only for Lysandra to show up. And now Lysandra's truly revealing herself to the broader Fulgurian people. And maybe reveals the watchers or something like that and now everything's been flipped under his head like now the conflict has a whole new meaning or maybe the second invasion of ionia finally happens and now ionia really has to handle that and we get some stories along those lines just i would like to see more of these kind of events like the burning tides event in bilgewater or as we've been talking about the major rebellion in demacia I just want to see a furtherance of the internal storylines of these regions as well as the overall story of Runeterra as a whole. I just want to see more of this, and I really, really hope we get more. Well, I hope now that we have covered the events of the Major Rebellion, its themes, and how they were portrayed, you have a better appreciation for this important event in recent Damasian history. If you have any questions or thoughts, please send them in your reviews on your podcatcher of choice, or to loreofrunterra at gmail.com, You can also now send them through the Discord channel, League of Lore, on the Robots Radio Network Discord, and they'll be answered next episode. And now we're going to lead right off of the Major Rebellion and cover one of its central characters, the character I've been talking about a lot this episode, the leader of the Mage Rebels and shirtless enthusiast, it's time 
to talk about Silas. See you all next time.